Today, I'm so excited to be joined by the one and only April Davis from the Vagina Blog and Podcast, which is an absolutely fantastic resource for all things vagina and encompasses all female health-related aspects. It has been educational and enlightening, to say the least, exploring her work. In her own words, she says that between attending births as a doula, a photographer, and a birth assistant to a midwife, I have seen a lot of vaginas. So on that note, welcome, (laughs) April. (laughs) That's exactly right. That's me. I mean... At a ballpark number, how many vaginas are we talking? If you had to guess, <laughs> how many? Do you hundreds. Have? I don't think I'm up to thousands yet, but hundreds for sure. Excellent. So, thank you so so very much for being here. I'm really excited to dive in deep. Um, I guess the reason why I I found you was I was a little troubled and concerned by my friends and just colleagues about the lack of knowledge surrounding our lady bits and. And even calling it lady bits. I'm like, say the V word, say vagina. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess I wanted to start off by asking you a little bit about your background. Like I know we just gave a brief intro, but how did this become like your your job, I guess? I mean, it's a pretty interesting pathway to get into it. And now you have some of the most fascinating podcasts and guests on there talking about some great things which we'll get into. But just for the listeners, how did you kind of get to where you are now? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> um, I so I I've always had a natural fascination for this and for the human body in general. So there's that. I just I feel like this is definitely a calling that I've had since the beginning. You know, um, I did emergency medicine in college. I became fascinated with childbirth. Um, I had my first baby and then my second baby. And when I was pregnant with my second, I became really obsessive. I read every book I could get my hands on. I completely checked out everything in the library. I was reading midwifery textbooks. Like I just (laughs) wanted to know everything about everything. And after the birth of my second, I was like, oh my gosh, like I just was so empowered. It was like such a beautiful experience for me. And I was like, this is this is where I belong. Like women's health is where I belong. And I have this very strong pull to protect women, especially. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just, I really wanted to become a doula. So when my second was about a year old, I, it was so funny. We moved and my new neighborhood, I met a woman who was like, oh my gosh, we're looking for doulas. I was like, oh, perfect. I really want to become one. She's like, oh yeah, we'll train you. And I was like, oh, this is so great. Like, this is perfect. I did not realize what I was getting myself into. I actually started, um, I, I went and there was a whole bunch of people there and they were looking for birth assistance to a nurse midwife who had a home birth practice and needed a new assistant. And it was just so funny because, because I had emergency medicine in my background, I already knew so much of what, you know, what I needed to know to be an assistant to a nurse midwife. And so I, uh, I got hired and it was just hilarious because I wasn't even, <laughs> I just, it's stumbled like into this. Like it was... <laughs> yes, it was just such a funny thing because as soon as I went on a birth and they were like, okay, good, you're capable. She, her other birth assistant went out of town and then we had three births that weekend and I was on call for all of them and gone all hours of the night. And my poor husband was like, so do you have a job now? Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, <laughs> 
I guess I, I guess I'm a birth assistant now because the birth is you're like this cross between a doula, but also like a second set of hands to the midwife. So I was like assisting with like any of the medical procedures that needed to take place if they needed to. Plus I was kind of squeezing a lot of hips and teaching a lot of husbands how to squeeze hips and get, you know, ice chips and do all the things. And so anyway, I did that for five years. I loved it. And after I had my third, I really, I realized I needed to retire. Um, for a little while. I also was doing birth photography and I had started taking on my own doula clients. And so um, I'd been on call for a long time and I was, I was pretty worn out and realizing that it just wasn't a sustainable lifestyle with my young kids. So coming, you know, going into retirement from that, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have all of this knowledge just rattling around in my head. What in the world am I supposed to do with all this? And the nurse midwife I worked for was also a nurse practitioner at our Planned Parenthood. So she, you know, was doing gynecological care. So I, I not only got to see obstetrics, I also got to see some of the, the GYN care. And I, I just, I loved all of it. And I mean, I would love to go back to school and become a midwife. But in the meantime, like I said, it was like, what do, what do I even do with all this information? And so I became the vagina blog. Yep. And what a great blog <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> So let's dive in a little bit. So what is new in the vagina world, whether that's products or topics that are coming up? What is, I was going to say the word trending is probably not very appropriate. but No, I mean, trending is great. Something that I've observed that I I think is probably my favorite thing. Um, I feel like up until the last few years, every sex toy was basically some variation of a penis, right? Yeah. Most of the toys that you would see and think of, very dildo-y, very penis-esque. And the toys I'm seeing now, as more and more women are are starting to help, more females, more, you know, like, it's amazing because so many of the toys I'm being sent now, like, to product test and things, they're not shaped like penises. They have completely different types of stimulation to them. Like, vacuum stimulation is growing in popularity which is that scares me a little we can talk about that in a second don't be scared don't be scared it is incredible i can't recommend it enough it seriously feels just like oral but without the guilt of being like i'm so sorry you've been down there for a while like and you're not a battery device doing what you need to do so (laughs) exactly it's great for everyone involved you know and so but so I, I, I'm like loving that. I'm loving um, other things that we're seeing is just people are so much more willing to talk about it. You know, um, I love, I, I feel like I, I'm constantly hearing a new conversation about, oh my gosh, I just tried a menstrual cup for the first time, or I just tried a disc for the first time, or oh my gosh, those period panties you recommended are Ooh, actually really great. Oh, I got really them great. Now. Like, yes. I'm right? For my first are time you ever. Are you loving them? Yeah, I've tried a few different ones. I've got the Thinks ones. I know that's like a big American mm-hmm. um, brand. And then like yes. I've tried, there's a brand in Australia. Oh, I don't know where, if it's all around the world. It's called Moddy Body. I just wanted to try a few different ones yes. to see. And I have to say I slept last night in them and there was no pads scrunching up, no leaking, no. Is this the best? It's, and I was like, oh, my God. And I think I've mentioned to you before, like I'm trying to sort of go through this process in my neurological health of moving heavy metals out of my body and something that mm-hmm. I was really looking at was obviously deodorant because that goes right under our, our arms, obviously. Yes. And obviously our vagina is like another main absorbency area. And yep. so I was like, 
And all pads are obviously, well, a lot of them are treated with chemicals, even and the cotton ones kind of disintegrate and they cost an absolute bomb in Australia. So this is probably yep. going to change my life. Oh, yeah. yeah. It will. Yeah. It's, it does. And I, I love, I love telling people these things, having them trying, having it just blow their mind. Like it, it's just the best because I'm like, there's a better way. Yeah. And what's even cooler is not only am I hopefully help, helping to fix things for this generation, but we are all going on to teach our daughters better. Absolutely. You know, and we and have our, a responsibility. our sons better. Yeah. Yes. I think, I think sons is also really important too. Like there's so many couples, um, doesn't matter what, what gender orientation that just don't really sit down and have enough connected discussions about sex and pleasure and, and healing through yes. that as well, which we can get into, which was fascinating. I really want to talk about um, using pleasure to heal trauma, which I know you did a podcast on, which I just found fascinating. But you also, something that's not very popular because of legal issues in Australia is CBD. And my, mm-hmm. my knowledge of it in Australia isn't fantastic. So sorry, listeners, someone can correct me if I'm wrong. But I saw you put CBD lube up. Yes. What is that yes. all about? Is that for people who experience like, <sighs> I don't know. I was like, Anything it, and everything. Yeah, talk to me about that. I At first I thought it was for okay. someone who might experience like vulvodynia or, or, or nerve pain to help pain relief. Yep. It is? Okay. I was like, I could be way okay, off. And it's, yeah. No, it's fantastic for them. CBD lube. I, I kind of was like, oh, that's a cool idea. How cool. And like had happened to buy some of it kind of on a whim, just like, oh, I wonder, because it, it's supposed to help improve some sensitivity and things, even for like an average human. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that'll be fun. Well, I gave birth to my third mm-hmm. and I didn't have a tear. I had more of like a skin split. So it wasn't like an open wound, but it was right up past my clitoris. Okay. With my third delivery. And it was so tender and so painful. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is the end for me. Like my clitoris does not want to be touched because it's right next to this big, you know, painful, like scar, like skin split. And so what, what am I going to do? CBD lube changed my life. That helps that heal so much more quickly. It minimized the amount of like pain, swelling, like expedited the healing process it was such a game changer for me in, in terms of like intimacy and I just in life. And ever since then, I, I just can't advocate enough for CBD use. Yeah. I'm, I'm so incredibly impressed with the creativity really of, of what, what is being manufactured and put out there now to cater for all needs. And I think for me, I'm such a, just generally I'm a curious person. So I, I really encourage people just like, the great thing about a podcast is you can do this privately and you can just take this information in yourself. And if something resonates, mm-hmm. you'll be like, hmm, maybe I'll Google that or maybe I'll, mm-hmm. I'll try that out. So, well, yeah, that episode specifically too on my podcast, if any, anyone listening now has questions about CBD, uh, Anna, who I interviewed is so knowledgeable. I, I was just, I couldn't get over She's so well-spoken. She's so knowledgeable. She shares so much good information about CBD, how to find the best kind. Like she was incredible. So I, I, that episode's one of my favorites. Yeah. And I can't bang on enough about your podcast. Like it's just fascinating. And, I just, and every time I listen to it, I'm like, fuck me. I don't know anything. Like I just, yeah. I, I just <laughs> am a little bit traumatized at my 
own lack of knowledge. Anyway, that's why we're doing this. So is there anything this else? Was, <laughs> no, but it's, it's weirdly good to hear that because so much of this stuff, I feel like I've repeated myself over and over again. So I'm like, does anyone even care about this? Is this interesting or am I crazy? So it's good to hear that like... <laughs> <laughs> that there's some interest out there and that you're you know enjoying it and learning and that makes like, me so happy and I'm to hear put myself out there and god help me if people you know if i don't know my old boss listens to it or you know whatever yeah. but I'm like these are things i want to talk about and something my friends were sort of talking to me about and there's no way they'd put it out in a public forum is talking about the g-spot and and i was like i if i'm being honest and i'm, I'm just going to be out there i don't really know if i've ever ever hit it or experienced it like like clitoris yes but not not g-spot and so i wondered if we could talk about that a little bit and if you could share some insights and and wisdom on on that topic for us we are doing a real deep dive into the damages that my children have done to my vagina but surprisingly i don't feel (laughs) like i ever experienced uh like really substantial like g-spot stimulation where it's like oh this is a different type of orgasm until after i'd had my first child okay so it's it's interesting because we talk so much about children and having children damaging Mm. your vulva and your vagina and all that tissue you know what we don't necessarily always talk about like some of those changes are not necessarily bad like i i really feel like my G-spot's been so much more sensitive since having kids and also more like accessible. I don't know what got rearranged in there. <laughs> Something's working. It worked out. <laughs> yeah. And, but like, is it true? Like, I, I, I just don't know anymore because I feel like there's just some misinformation out there too. I'm like, how, like, I haven't had kids. So I guess I'm, I'm on the other side of the fence there. But like, mm-hmm. what, what are ways? Like, if you're not, huge on like devices or sex toys I was like well what other ways like is it movement positioning like how do you yes see it's it's all of those things typically a reliable uh type of stimulation is even just simply like if you insert a finger and do a come here type motion Mm -hmm. um putting pressure on your stomach uh well not on your stomach more like very low high pelvis, low stomach, under like right above your pubic bone. If you put pressure there while also doing that type of stimulation, that will typically stimulate things. I love, um, there's a platform called Beducated, like bed and then educated. Amazing Beducated. name. <laughs> yep. Amazing name. They are amazing. Like I, so darling, but they, their whole platform is actually videos about how to do oh exactly God. these types of things. And they're so educational. They're so well put together. Um, but they go through and they say, if you want to uh, stimulate the clitoris, here's a, a couple different ways you can do it. And they have people talking about how it worked for them and interviews with people. They have an instructor talking about things. They then have a video showing the type of stimulation that they're talking about. Like, And it's so well done. Yeah, I think something that has concerned me is like, um, and I've spoken to a lot of younger sort of teen and upwards sort of early 20s where, you know, people are being influenced by watching porn and it's kind of like yep. it's there's there's nothing really intimate. There's no connectivity happening. There's no exploration of like how to yep. actually receive and pleasure and then also because it's all just like this mechanical robotic bang, 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 sex done, the guy's finished and he gets what he wants and the female's left there going well, that was just yeah. strange. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a very it, big stereotype, but just to highlight a point. Yeah. No, I, I think there's so much truth to that though. I, it's really, 
disruptive. I, I just, I don't know. I, porn, I struggle with porn. I, it's hard because when people bring it up, I feel like my biases come out really quickly. Yeah. Um, but I just, all I see is the damage from pornography and it's really frustrating. And so I'm, I'm over it. I don't like it. It's not part of my sexual relationship or my husband's sexual, like it's not part of our sexual relationship and we're perfectly healthy and happy without it. So I I feel like I can stand up and be like, you do not need porn to be part of your life. I promise. Um, it frustrates me too, because I, I talk pretty openly about masturbation. I advocate for masturbation Mm -hmm. and I can't tell you how many people have been like, okay, but I, I didn't, I thought you didn't like porn. And I'm like, I don't like porn. Well, how can you be okay with masturbation? I'm like, those are, those are not the same thing. Those are two very different things. Why in the world? But I've had actually people like write me and say, but how do you masturbate without porn? Um, well, like, well, let's maybe talk about sad. that. I, I, how sad is it that we've like married those things together? Those are not the same thing. Yeah, and I'm not definitely saying like you know if you're in the mood you need a little visual stimulation because we're all different, like audio, visual, yeah, whatever. Completely. And sometimes yes. if you are with a partner and that helps, sort of whatever for and for a sensory yeah. experience. But I agree. I'm and because I um have quite a spiritual practice, I'm more into trying to and like when I do orgasm i'm trying to work out how do i bring that energy up um Mm -hmm. up and through my heart and like the frequency and the vibration Mm -hmm. like that whole there's such um energy behind it like to me it's i kind of think gosh i don't really want anyone unless it's for my highest good like going into my my sacred area like you know it's yes so i think yeah i definitely think there's a time and a place for it but maybe if you can elaborate a bit on when people were questioning you about masturbating uh, in the absence of porn how then yeah. how then can people do that i mean i i know my answer but i want you to <laughs> well but that that's the thing i i'm i'm with you 100 percent. i feel like that you know masturbation can be such a personal activity and so it's important to find what works for you and porn does not have to be a part of that no. you know and I, I think sometimes people have a hold up to uh, masturbating because they have tied it to pornography yeah absolutely I so, and I think it's about knowing yourself as well and getting in touch with yourself like I love water so that's showers baths yes. oceans exploring and being creative yes. in, in that aspect and you know, I guess I would just encourage people like just maybe one day, you know, be a little bit daring. I always think when I um, think of this topic of like sex in the city where Samantha is like rousing it at Charlotte going, have like take this mirror and go look at your vagina. Like take this mirror yes. and go and have a look. And I, I, I would still challenge a lot of females to go do that oh, today. Amen. Do you think so? Amen. Like, yeah, have a look. We We need to spend more time getting to know. Well, and Take a look at yourself when you're not aroused. Take a look at yourself when you're aroused. See the changes that take place. Feel the changes that take place. Like it's, I just, I love it. I think it's so healthy. I think it's so good to know your body, to know how all of it works, to be in touch with yourself. It can be such a beautiful relationship. And so it almost saddens me when people are not developing that relationship because they believe that masturbation and pornography go hand in hand and that's the only way it can go or because they only have a relationship with pornography and they've really missed out on, you know, I, I feel like masturbation, like, like you're saying, can be like a very spiritual practice where you are in tune with your body yeah. and 
you know, why distract yourself away from that? Yeah, because it's one of the very few times I can be fully present. I'm very up in my head. Even in, uh-huh. in even in my meditation practice, it can take me a long time. Even if I get a massage, it's hard for me to be in the present moment. So when that's uh-huh. happening, it's like one of the only activities that that takes my full attention. And yes, that's that a lot of as as you know, if you're into manifesting or any of that stuff, a lot of power comes from those those heightened present moments. Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big advocate for it, and I, and I would say I probably be a bit more explorative like I am always like oh no I need a a guy or a partner to help me with this or I was like no actually you don't you can do that but then the flip side of that is I haven't really ever had a partner where I've been able to express like Mm -hmm. to explore these things with and like bring bring these topics up I mean I think a lot of men listening are probably stoked on the bedjig what was it? Beducated website. Beducated, yes. Yes, I'll put that link at the bottom of that. But um, I guess when you were talking about knowing your body, something I want to segue into is vagina health and how important that is. So can you share any uh, insights on what does it mean when we say vaginal health and, and what, what things should we be looking out for or how do you know good health from, oh, there's something going on here? Um, I just, I, and I can't advocate for this enough. We need to know and we need to get to know our vaginas and what's healthy and what's not healthy. And, um, I, I just recently posted a meme that was really funny. It was some guy had texted a girl and been like, tell Hey, tell me something interesting about your sexy self. And she was like, when I'm ovulating, I have to change my panties two to three times a day because it's so wet. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I was, but I was like, that's, but I had so many people write me and be like, wait, that's it's because I'm ovulating. That's why I have like that really wet slimy day, like once a month. Yes. And I'm like, that's, that's ovulation, my friend. Yep. So many people think that they have an infection once a month or they think that they're like sweating too much or they think I, I like, I talked to one woman who was like, I went to the doctor every other month thinking I had some sort of infection. In reality, I was just ovulating. Oh God. Yeah. But like, what, how sad is that, that we are not teaching? Like, where do you, where are we supposed to learn this well, see, stuff? Like, remember, it is a weird thing. I don't remember learning anything like, about that at school. Ever. No, no, and my mom we don't didn't talk to me about my period. I kind of was just like shoved in. And I, to this day, I've never worn a tampon because of that one experience when my mom threw me into the, the bathroom, gave me a packet of them and this weird diagram. And it hurt me so much trying to insert it that I, since then, have never worn one. I like, don't blame you. And it's like, <laughs> it's a terrible experience. I was like, and I was a gymnast, right? So I had my leg. It's not like I couldn't oh. do the position. So I was like, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> Yeah, so, free bleeder all the way. So oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's my mom wouldn't buy me tampons because she said I couldn't use them until I was married. And I also I did ballet and I was a lifeguard. And so I just remember talking to my my friends and being like, okay, where could you know like I really I would rather do tampons. Like I can't do this pad stuff. Like mm-hmm. and um, but I remember one of my friends being like, okay, this is the cheapest kind. You get them without the applicator. They come this way, and I was like, okay. Because I had to go buy my own tampons. Like, yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating. But it, it is. It's so sad. We do not have good information in place, like in, in like the school system, for kids to learn about the menstrual cycle. I mean, we, we learn in a health class, typically one time in our lives that, that, you know, we bleed once a month and that's it. 
they don't go over ovulation. They don't go over the four different phases of the cycle. They don't. And how sad is it? Because this is basic knowledge about our bodies that everyone should know. Mm, definitely. Especially like discharging. And like you said, with ovulation. Yes. And like And even mm-hmm. up to things like, you know, um, the color of your blood. And and I have to say, yep. you, you do a fantastic job. And, but you're just one human. You know what I mean? Like you, you can only do yeah, as exactly. much as you can. But what you do is fantastic. But because everyone freaks out and you don't know what normal is because you don't ask necessarily your best friend or your mum, and so you can't yep. be like hey is this dark brown clot normal like is that is that cool yeah. or is this like peachy color and and then you go to the doctor and then sometimes you know you don't get the right information there either or they just so I just I really I, where else can people go for like this information like obviously you're fantastic but I know that you're an avid reader and you mentioned yes. this book. Um, is it Come As You Are? It's like one of your favorite books. Oh, so I want to. So, Come As You Are, yeah. sex. If you need to know anything about sex and orgasm and, you know, learning about all of that, the female sexual response, all of it, I can't recommend that book enough. And when it comes to the menstrual cycle and ovulation, Taking Charge of Your Fertility is still my most favorite book on the subject. It teaches the fertility awareness method, which is just good to know. Even if you're not going to try to use it either to get pregnant or to avoid pregnancy, it's just good information. Like I plan on handing that to my 14 year old daughters when they get to be that age and just saying, here, here's everything you need to know about what's going on in your body because they should know. They should know that they're going to, you know, what kind of fluid they're going to see when they're ovulating and why their vaginal discharge changes throughout the month and, you know, what's going on with their period. And it it just surprises me how little knowledge we have on this unless we go out and try to find it. And it's, it's almost scary sometimes because people come ask me questions and I'm like, this is crazy that you have no one else to turn to other than an Instagram influencer. Yeah. But that's the like sad there should truth be a it. professional in this field that you should, you know what I mean? But that, that is the sad truth. And it, it's just crazy. And I shouldn't have to pay a fortune to see a gynecologist just to ask some questions that I should be able to get information of like kind of freely. Right. Like you shouldn't have totally. to or be made to feel like you've got, and there's that delicate balance of like sometimes I feel like the medical world can make things they can exacerbate things but it's like if you just have a little bit more knowledge and they can prey on that anxiety and vulnerability like yep I had a very good friend and she gave me permission to mention it but I'm not saying a name but she was told that um she had very a very painful cycle so she always would have like pelvic inflammation so it would always be sore to touch so sex was obviously challenging and then yeah. when she got a period, because it was like sort of, you know, after day one when it's like not as crampy and it was flowing for her, that was the only time she felt like she would want to have sex. And she yeah. she was told she's quite religious and when she, I don't know how it came up, but she was basically told that that was an abomination and she was also told by a doctor that that was ruining her fertility cycle by having sex on a period. And I was like... I don't and I I was just so gobsmacked at this misinformation so I I just I don't know how we break these like sort of stigmas down and I don't know how we redirect so that's why I'm so stoked to be talking to you because I'm just going to like plaster your details everywhere and in the hope that we can like (laughs) because even in Australia I'm kind of like do we have an equivalent vagina blogger? I'm not really sure we do. And I'd love to know if anyone listening out there does or if you know. Yes. Okay. 
You have two. You have um, one. Her name is My Moonbox. She's yes, incredible. Love and the then name. you have Bright Girl. Bright Girl Health. Okay. Go check both of them out. They're both down there in Australia. They are. You'll love them. They're kindred spirits in every single way. And they hang out sometimes, which just makes me feel left out. Oh, that's why we need to get <laughs> I'm not in Australia. Yes. You have to get here but one day. You, oh, you'll die. So my moon box, she actually has a subscription service of um, hormone-friendly stuff that goes along with your period. And she's her the education she's putting out there is incredible. And then Bright Girl Health. She also is working to help get more education, comprehensive education in schools. Yeah, good. And I, you will love yes. both of them. Well, thank you for sharing. And because I, yeah. I, it's not like I haven't been like snooping out there researching for a while. And, you know, you and I connected. I was working my period documentary, which is still kind of laying in the <laughs> in the attic at the moment. It's going to happen. Yes, just had a few hiccups <laughs> here and there, but. I want to go back to the books because I think that's another great resource. It's something you can do on your own time. It's it's private. Mm-hmm. So are there any other books you could recommend? Um, okay. So Come As You Are is Good for Sex, uh, Taking Charge of Your Fertility is Everything You Need to Know About uh, Your Cycle and What That Looks Like. Uh, Period Repair Manual is incredible. Um, she's actually from New Zealand. It's Laura Bryden that wrote that. But if you have any issues with your cycle, that's the book to turn to. She'll have a, a full in-depth explanation of what's going on. Because my frustration with much of the medical system is, oh, you have a female health-related program? Cool. Here's birth control. Yeah. And then they just, that's it. Yeah. That's the end of the story. There's no, like, let's get to the bottom of this. Let's get you an actual, like... Is your, for sure diagnosis yeah like is your let's hear some lifestyle things yeah do you have exactly. adrenal problems are you let's yeah. yeah let's do a hormone panel nope it's oh you have pcos let's be on birth control endometriosis birth control you don't like this birth control it's the solution to everything yeah and it's not yeah it's not it has all sorts of its own problems it is it's a band-aid yeah it is not a solution it is a band-aid and it's so frustrating that that's the go-to yeah and i think uh, as someone who suffers like a lot of pain issues with neurologically, but something I was told to from a naturopath was like, is it raspberry red leaf tea helps incredibly like with mm-hmm. your, with your uterus and yep. like take that instead of taking codeine. You know what I mean? Like yes. <laughs> give it a try. Cause yes. I was someone who would always go straight to the painkillers. Cause I was like, man, I can't, yep. can't deal with this. And already having a bit of a painkiller alliance, given some of the neurological migraines and things I was going through, I was like, there is mm-hmm. hardly any part of my cycle where I'm not headached or not doing something. And obviously then there's the hormonal side of it. So I mm-hmm. found going the natural route as well. And just, ex- and like we've said with everything, just, just giving it a try, especially if it's a natural product oh, yeah. and, and yeah. doing your research and not being so like, well, force fed information or like, I remember being 17 and I had, you know, like, God forbid, acne, uh, not badly, um, and obviously had some issues from gymnastics. And the first thing, before I'd even finished the sentence was, I will put you on Diane 35, which was like the birth control. Yeah. And I have not been yeah. on birth control since my mid-20s. I refuse to go on it, but that's for my own um, heavy metal detoxing reasons, but it does work for some people, and I'm not going to badmouth that, obviously. Yeah, but, of course. But yeah. there's just, I think the important thing to stress is there are options. 
Yes. Well, and my frustration with birth control, it's not that you should never take birth control. It's that I believe strongly in an informed consent and also realizing that it is not a solution to the problem. It is a band-aid. It will continue to mask other symptoms. It will cause its own problems and you may end up worse off in the long run because of it which I've just seen yeah. too many times. Yep. It, it's well, myself exhausting. included, like facial hair. Yeah. Hello, like no one wants to talk about yeah. that, but it's made mine worse or it did when I was, you know, thank God for laser hair. But like, th- th- like you said, there is always a, a counter, a counter thing that yeah. usually follows that. So um, what else are we talking about? Other books get sidetracked, don't we? Um, mm, easily, very easily. So the period repair manual is such a good one, and and like you were mentioning too with the red raspberry leaf, I do zinc and magnesium. Yep, same. Those both are game game changers when it comes to making your cycle a little bit easier. Uh, zinc's great for acne too. Yeah, like high and quality. like when have you ever heard from a doctor? Here, try taking zinc. Well, this is why I mean I'm a big fan of medical medium, and he's always um talking about liquid zinc, like high quality liquid zinc, and yes, it it will change your whole body like your immune system and of course once everything in your body is kind of in alignment it makes sense your you know your reproductive area kind of comes into alignment too yep so how does zinc um for those listening how does zinc and magnesium impact impact um female health in so both of those are incredible for helping regulate your cycle make sure that you are ovulating and then can also help with things like you said like acne and cramps and Laura Brighton actually goes in depth about that in the period repair manual. Those are two of the supplements that she recommends to pretty much everybody, but has a whole list of, I I love the book because you can basically flip to the chapter you need where it's like, do you have horrible cramps? Flip to chapter, blah, blah, blah. You know, do you, are you suffering from migraines with your cycle? Flip to this. Like (laughs) she goes over all the different ailments that can come with it and, and things that you can do and or testing that you can do. And I I love it too, because she kind of, she empowers you with the right questions and the right information to take to your doctor if that's what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Just I'm going to post all these links down there so people can check these out. But what I kind of want to move into is um, using pleasure to heal trauma, which just fascinated me. Absolutely Mm. fascinated me. Um, I guess it goes a little bit back into sort of using that, um, that sort of orgasm energy and, you know, sort of bringing that Mm. up through the heart and and out through the body. So can you just dive in a little bit and tell us about, because a lot of people would be like, oh, I can't possibly feel pleasure until my trauma is healed. But this is kind of saying let's use that pleasure in the process of repairing trauma. It's a a completely Mm -hmm. different perspective on it. Well, and that's, I would definitely point you in the direction of Nicole Severson. She's actually, so I I did do a podcast episode about this with her. She's the expert in this area and had so many, she had so much good insight. And that once again, that episode was also so, so good. So I I would point everyone in that direction and in her direction. Like she's really who you want to talk to about, you know, how to do that. Yeah, it's. I, I just think for anyone who's listening who might be struggling with that topic, like, I, yeah, let, let's go and check that out because it sounds sounds incredibly fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also wanted to ask what are some of the most, like, inaccurately portrayed topics or what are the things that just drive you crazy that you just want to scream from the rooftops that you want to set straight? Like, is there any – and there's, like, 
a couple or a handful of things. Where do I start? Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. All right. Bang, bash some out for us that you just want to be like. I, we've, we've covered a lot of them. Um, when it comes to, there's so many. <laughs> I, I have a vendetta against tampons and tampon use yeah. and even like maxi pads and maxi pad use. It's hard because I have a lot of people be like, well, I'm using organic tampons are so bad Mm. for your vagina it doesn't matter how organic they are by their nature because of what they are they are bad for your vagina they cause micro tearing in the vaginal walls which is why it puts you at risk for toxic shock syndrome because it's literally ripping up your vagina so the thing that i love is when people get away from tampons they're like oh my gosh my cramps went away Mm -hmm. i'm not bleeding as much and i feel a lot better Tampons also can trap old menstrual fluid in your cervix, which then also causes infection. Like I've, I've talked to a handful of doctors who work in fertility who actually recommend that their clients get away from tampon use, which then fixes their fertility issues. Yeah. Like tampons are so bad and they are so gross and I cannot believe that they are still on the market. One of my, (laughs) um, when I was doing my period documentary research, there's a French uh, filmmaker and her film is called tampon our greatest enemy or something to that effect and she goes yeah. through like the chemicals that are used to coat it and i mean look i guess my mum did me a huge uh huge service she by, did. by me going oh she God, did I can't do this um because i've never used them but you know i i'm still kind of anti-pat in a sense too and that's why i'm it's taken me a little while and i i know a lot of people are like oh do you leak through but like we're in covid lockdown a lot of us and still sort of working from home it's like it's a good opportunity to try those period undies and just kind of be like all right if i leak yeah. it doesn't matter you know like if if something yeah i'm at home yeah totally um or try a cup for the first time. Try a disc for the first time. I mean, there's just so many better I, options that are reusable, what are disc sustainable. I don't think a lot of people have heard okay. about that here. Discs. Okay, discs are my favorite. Cups are great, and I love cups. Cups sit in your vaginal canal. Discs sit a little bit higher up in the fornix. So anyone who's used a diaphragm or a NuvaRing. That's where a disc sits. So it's it's pretty up there, but you can't feel it. You can wear them during intercourse if you so desire. And I love them. I think I feel like for myself personally, if I'm going to use something internal, a disc causes no cramping for me. I forget I'm on my period. Like they're just the best. And so I I just want to share this with the world and be like, guys, there's just better options. Don't use tampons. Yeah. <laughs> And they irritate, well, I guess it's a little bit like condoms too. Like there's that irritation factor too. Like if you have like very sensitive, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's a whole host of other issues there. All right. So tampons, what else? Oh, yeah. What else? Tampons are bad news. Um, everyone needs to stop faking oh, orgasms. God, I'm so guilty Right of now, yeah. today. I just, I feel like I'm, I just need to yell this louder from why the rooftops. Do when you why fake do we do it? Why, why does anyone, here's the thing. When you fake an orgasm, you are lying to your partner about like yeah. the most intimate thing ever. And you are also reinforcing them like doing the wrong thing yeah. every time because they just did something and thought, oh, that worked yeah. great. When in reality, it didn't do yeah. anything. So you're teaching them to do the wrong stuff. You're building the wrong habits in your relationship. 
I've had people message me and be like, yeah, I've been married for 17 years and I, I've never had I've an orgasm. I've only had two and that's with only one person has been able to do that for me. And I, and even with that person, I've still, I've still faked it, which I, and I, it's not something we, yeah. I don't think. Raise yeah. your right hand right now, Jen. You raise your hand right now and you say, I solemnly, I swear. solemnly swear. And everyone listening to this, you raise your right, right hand it. right now. I solemnly swear I will never, ever fake an orgasm right, again. I will never, ever fake an orgasm again. You've heard it here live. Don't do it. I don't know why. Don't do it. And then, and then I, I, why? I, I just kind of feel like. I need, but this is also part of like a self love journey too. Of like, I deserve they they yep. always finish. So I and then I yep. went into this. I remember very early on, and she's a fantastic um sex therapist now called Tanya Cohen, and she was my counselor at the time. And she said, to, like, I was having trouble with my boyfriend. I was like, oh my god, it always hurts. And she was like she explained to me that my cervix hadn't dropped because I wasn't even sexually in the mood because it was just kind of like a surprise sex attack. And I, you know, there was no like warm up, There was no mental. And so yeah. I hadn't lubed or, like my body naturally just wasn't ready. Yeah, for it. And so play. here I was thinking, and I think a lot of females probably do this, that there's something wrong with my vagina or that I've got a narrow cervix or there's something, yeah. wrong, which wasn't the case at all. I just wasn't appropriately aroused. Oh Yeah. I, I can't, I mean, I can't advocate for that enough either. Foreplay, so much foreplay. Have all the fun with foreplay. Be curious, see what's going to work for you. Get uh, so much of sex, I think, especially for women, is in our head. I, it's so important to, you know, focus in and, and be there mentally. And if you're not, you absolutely will not be able to have an orgasm. Like, and I know for me personally, like, I have a really hard time with morning sex, like having sex in the morning because I I've already, I'm putting together my to-do list. I've got a million things I need to go accomplish, like trying to turn all of that off unless we're on vacation somewhere and have nowhere yep. to be. I really have a hard time having sex in the morning. Now at night, if I have the whole house put to bed, the dishes are done, the kids are tucked in and asleep, everything's kind of where it's supposed to be. I'm all about it. I can totally have sex because my brain can shift into that that mindset you know and we just don't always realize how important it is to a get yourself in the mood mentally and then b figure out what's going to work for you physically and it is you have to help reinforce what's actually working with your partner so that they're not learning the wrong things i mean it's i think so often people fake because they're like oh this will make it easier and i don't want yeah. them to feel bad but how much worse would they feel if they found out that you've Faked. yeah I just think so many of us are doing it I don't know why I don't really understand the psychology behind yeah. it of myself either I'm like why did I do that was it just because you really like the person and you want them I think mine has was tied into my self-worth and self-esteem like I don't want them to not like me so I need to mm -hmm. which is to, you know which is for all the wrong reasons and now it's like actually let's make this like a you know, like a, a union process, like how do we work as one? How do we make yes. our bodies work together yes. rather than two separate entities just with like a, a, a final result, like in orgasm? But, you know, there, there must be other ways yep. to, to do that. So thank you for, you know. And you have to be vocal. You have to communicate. You have to be vocal with what's working and what's not working. And you have to be willing to say like, oh, let's move on to something else. That's not necessarily working for me. Or, hey, can you kind of do it more like this? Or like, would you like me to show you? I can show you some of this and how this would work. Like, 
I, I think it's so important. I really advocate too for people to talk about their sex life when they're not at home, when they're not in their bedroom. So often we start to talk about those things at 11 o'clock at night when someone has an erection and that is not a good time to talk about what's going on with your sex life. Do it at lunch. Do it, you know, when you're not necessarily able to have sex right this second. But I think as, as humans, we go through seasons of sexuality. Like for, for myself, like there was when I was, I've, I've just only been with my husband, but it was like when we were first married, things changed when I was pregnant. Things changed again when I was breastfeeding. Things changed again after I was breastfeeding. They changed again with my second pregnancy. Like we've gone through these highs and lows um, and seasons. And it's really important, I think, sometimes to go to lunch and be like, I miss having sex. Like we're not having sex enough or I'm feeling a lot of pressure to have sex and it's not something I can do right now. What, what other activities could we do? Like maybe I'm not up for intercourse. Yep. How can I help fulfill your sexual needs or how can you help fulfill my sexual needs? What do we need to do to what, how can we change things up? I don't like where yeah. we're at right now. You know, those are important discussions to have. Yeah. And I, I think just communicating just across the board on any topic is paramount, but I really think, yeah. I feel like there's so many relationships breaking down because there is that communication gap, be it about sex, mm-hmm. emotions, just, I, I, yeah, I think that that's, that's so intense. Um, and thank you for sharing that. I think that's such a, an important topic. And if you don't have a partner that you can express those things to, I mean, that's something to work on, I guess you. Absolutely. And check in with yourself. Yeah. You know, it's like we were talking about earlier, like have that, have that relationship with yourself, nurture that it's worthy of your time and it's worthy of, of, um, working on. I think sometimes we're like, okay, I want to lose weight. So we buy the books and we spend the money on the expensive diet stuff and we get the exercise and the equipment and we do all this stuff because we think like, oh, this is worthy. This is worthy of my time and my money and my effort and my energies. And I would argue that your sex life is just as important as any of those other things. It's worth buying the books, listening to the podcasts, you know, getting the equipment. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) If you so desire. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's the thing. And people, people will drop, you know, hundreds on facials or I don't know, lip, lip fillers, but won't invest in their, their sexual health. So that's, and I would argue that sex is so much more fun than facial, uh, facial yeah. fillers. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, and, and I'm kind of looking, so I'm 38 and I'm kind of like, I'm, I don't think I've really, really experienced good sex. And I think a lot of people, if they are honest with themselves, might be like, like, there's probably one person where I'm like, yep, that's how it's supposed to be. But I don't, I don't, I don't mm. want to go through my life. Just and also like if you've got mental health issues, like I've put on some weight whilst I'm trying to sort this out. There's all those factors, and I think like you said, find an alternative. Like if you're not feeling comfortable to have sex because you you know you're feeling uncomfortable, like go somewhere like in the shower where you can turn around and still enjoy it. And like you've got, just find yes. an environment or like I don't know. I'm such a beach person. So just go somewhere that is going to shift your mood that you love. So then you've got more chance of being in alignment with yep. yourself. What I did want to bring up is I hadn't heard of this word before. I'm sure you have. Vontouring. Have you heard of that? Uh, vagina no. vontouring is a non-invasive, non-surgical procedure intended Ugh. to plump the labia and tighten the vagina. And my question to you is, why would we need to plump the labia? Okay. We don't. Leave 
your vaginas and your vulvas alone. Leave them alone. <laughs> Everyone, once, let's all raise our right hands Here again and solemnly swear. I will leave my vagina alone. I just talked to this darling, I think she's 22. She was working at a, like a salon or something else and did those injections. She's like, my, it just hurts and burns all the time. God. She's like, it's never not burny. It never not, you know, it's always achy. And she's like, everywhere that I got injected with stuff, she's like, it's been awful. And I just leave your vaginas alone, guys. It's there's porn. I'm so mad at porn. Like I just, this is another reason I'm mad at porn. Guys, we are not supposed to have, everything should not be bleached. Everything does not need to be hairless. Everything does not need to be uh, all of these stupid things that we've done. Hemorrhoids in my life. seriously though like it's it's pretty obvious if i've had three kids guess what it still works great (laughs) come on in come on in oh dear yes seriously like it just drives me crazy because and i my husband even was like i don't feel like you're any looser or tighter or anything he's like you don't why do people do this to their vaginas i was like i don't know of loose versus tight oh my god that does my head in but anyway that's a person i'm like oh it's so well like think about it too it's a complete myth so it's not true even a little bit imagine if we put that on men like yep the more sexually active you are the more your penis is going to shrink and wither and so you have to now go get penis plumpers to plump up that wiener of yours (laughs) because like what like any anything like this i always challenge people to flip it and be like does it apply to men like does it apply to people with penises if it doesn't it doesn't apply yeah. to you but then i i just thinking about the, the penis for a second too is like gosh then i i also think that men need to explore their sexuality too i mean that's a whole nother topic but like, oh, like amen why, amen like, let's like oh just like god forbid be open to a different technique rather than like the porn structure right rather than the because i guess yep. where else are they getting their information from so uh, that's another once again why i'm mad at porn i'm there's a long I list of reasons but it is not where you should be going for education it's just not that's not where you should be going for education it's not where you should be going for Look, looking to see what your vagina should look like. Every single vagina is different. They truly are snowflakes in every single way. And yours is special and probably completely normal. Like that's, and I'm put, saying that to everyone listening to this. There. Yours <laughs> is normal. It's special. It's yours. Leave it alone. It don't put weird crap in there and don't cut <laughs> anything off or do anything. Just leave it alone. What about um, the ever- popular v-steaming that gwyneth paltrow made popular via her goop website what's is there like because to me i'm like steam but can't i do that naturally in the shower like what's what's all the fuss about mm-hmm. v-steaming okay so this is really funny there's like a handful of things that i'm like nope i'm not touching that and that's just one of those because i'm like i don't know i don't feel comfortable advocating for it i also am not against it, it just doesn't I, I don't know i i no. Yeah. So then, while we wrap up, God, I could just keep talking and talking about this topic forever, but all, all day, day, every day. Oh yeah. But what are some of the positive things, and what are some of the things that you like talking about, and you'd like seeing, like in this this lovely land of vaginas? 
Um, over Labor Day weekend, it was Labor Day here in America on Monday. Um, I had posted on Sunday for my Sunday survey. I said, what, share with me, what are, what was one of your favorite parts about labor? And I had people writing in all these really incredible and empowering things about their, their labors and their child, you know, giving birth to their children. And I, I can't tell you how many messages I got from people that are expecting saying, thank you so much. I've never heard a single positive thing about childbirth before. I'm pregnant with, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, and I am just so grateful to actually hear positive stories instead of just horror. You know, we focus so much on all the terrible things that can happen to you in childbirth. And it's so rare that we talk about the good stuff. And so it, it just, just made my heart so happy that, you know, I was able to perpetuate that and share that and have people like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for this. Same with, I, I get messages often where like, oh, I, we were so scared to try toys and now we've tried toys and holy cow, my sex life is easier. It's easier. It's made things funner. It's, it's gotten us in the mindset of exploration. And so we're having better sex with and without this toy, like, or, you know, or, Hey, I just tried period counties for the first time and it's blowing my mind. Like my life has changed. Like I I'll never go back to anything other than period panties or a menstrual cup or a disc. Like it, it just makes me so happy when people come back and say like, this thing actually works and it changed my life. Yeah. I definitely think that's where I'm going with the period pants. Like it's taken me a long time to use them. Um, but you know, and I didn't realize they have all different levels of flow. So you can get like heavy, medium, like you. Oh, yeah. And I was like, mm, but how heavy is heavy? And so that's why I'm here at home trialing them out now. So what I would really like, if anyone really inventive is listening, is like swimwear that does that. I don't think it exists. Imagine. Waka. Waka. Oh, my it God. Exists. They're sending me some. Is this, like an, is this new? Is this like relatively new? Because I was like, this would. Ch- oh, yes. And I. I will bet you money that Thinks comes out with something soon. I think Ruby has swimwear too, but Waka, it's a British uh, United Kingdom company. Um, they have period undies, which are great, um, but they, they are, they've come out oh with swimwear. Oh my God, because as a surfer, you know, then all the right? shark myths, like, oh my God, right? I can't go in the water because, oh my God. But doesn't most, <laughs> most people realize that when I get in water, my period just, it's very well behaved. It stops. It no. It knows not oh, to yeah. like get yeah. my shark on while I'm out there. Um, but yeah. I just think, you know, that would just change my life because I love surfing and being in the water floating helps with cramps, obviously. So how oh, do we, oh God, how do we spell that that company name? Walker. W-U-K-A. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited when I get off here. Yeah, go check yeah. them out. Oh, I just want more and more of them to come out because – yeah game changer yeah. oh is there any final message that you'd like to leave any of the listeners with i just want to thank you so much you are just i just want to extract information out of you all day thank you for having me it's i mean I, obviously i could talk about this all day as well um i think you know number one is don't fake orgasms oh my God, you right, i get it i get it <laughs> Um, I, I think that, and then, like I said earlier, all of this, it's worthy of your time and your energy and your effort, getting to know your body, having good sex, having easier periods, uh, loving your body and yourself, all of those things. 
are so, it will just make you a happier human in every way. So it's take the time, find, find out more about yourself and your body. And you'll be so glad that you did. Thank you so, so much. I feel like I've been told off about fake orgasms, but with good, with good reason, with good in the hope that next time I can, I can shift that for myself and hopefully that will change yeah. how my relationship is with said person at the time and also with my, my body. I used to think, well, for a long time I felt really disconnected to my body, like sort of that mind-body yeah. split, but also even more so to my vagina. Like it's just this st- – I, mm-hmm. I just didn't really – this is going to sound crazy, but I never spoke to that body part. I never talked to it or acknowledged yeah. it or. So common. Yeah, just have a little conversation with, <laughs> with mm-hmm. the downstairs business. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so, so very much. I'm going to put all your links below. If everyone wants to check out April, I please encourage to share this with your friends whoever, with your partners, I think it's really important that if we can just, you know, shift one perspective, you know, it could literally change your life. So that's why we're doing this. And I just want to thank you for your complete and utter amazing persona and just the way you approach this topic is fun, it's light and it's informative and it's the perfect balance for everyone. So thank you so much for your time, April. I really appreciate it.